This week's episode is brought to you by Geek E Love. Y'all, I am so excited about this app. It is wintertime. It's getting cold. It's getting lonely. So it's time to start finding somebody to, you know, cuddle up with. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes for us nerds and the geeky folks, it's a little bit harder. Hey, because have you ever been a nerd? nerds that are listening have y'all ever dated a non-nerd and they don't understand why your technology is out and why you are playing the game and you were like you just don't understand girl this is life well get you somebody that does understand and with geeky love this is a dating app that is literally stepping up the game pun intended in the world of dating this is meant for the gamers the nerds the geeks the manga lovers everybody that is looking for that perfect number two player okay so this app launched just this year at blurred con and ringo awards is a black female-owned business for blurds for us to find your perfect blurdy love blurdy love you can find this app on the apple app store as well as on the google play store you can filter your interests based on games that you like to play location and a community feature is coming in 2022 y'all this app launched just this year let us help our girl get it off the floor especially find some love all right y'all make sure that you check out the app all the information will be in the description box below find your little boot thing find your perfect player too all right all right um what's going on everybody i'm mara and i'm tez and welcome back to sisters who kill if first you don't succeed dust yourself off and try again get a new man and try again try again Okay, so let's get into this week's players. First, we have Gary Cooper, Lori's father, Trustin Anderson, boyfriend number one, Kelton Yates, boyfriend number two and five, Andrew Reese, boyfriend number three, Arturo Chirio Villarera, boyfriend number four, and Lori Cooper, our murderess. Lori Cooper was born February 19th, 1968. And she had a life like many teenagers do. She enjoyed spending the weekends with her friends. She liked hanging out with boys. And like most teenage girls, her dad was always doing the most. So Lori Cooper's father, Gary Cooper, was a stern disciplinarian, like super strict. He monitored everybody that Lori could hang out with. And though there were never calls and actually reports to the police, uh, Lori claimed multiple times that he was very abusive to her. And that she could not stand being around him. Um, she would always tell, like, her friends, like, oh, my dad is the worst. Like, me, like, Tazzy, I grew up with as your friend. You know, I used to be like, oh, my mom is the worst. She's beating my ass again. Yes. <laughs> You'd be like, Mariah, your mama used to beat your ass? Yes. Sure did. Boy, I remember just being afraid to see your mama in the school. Like, oh, damn, what's coming next? Right. Everybody, everybody at the school knew my mama because strict and so but Lori she would go around she was saying oh he's so strict but she was also saying oh he's so abusive and she would be like I can't stand him I just want him dead like she was saying that all the time and I can only assume that her friends were just being like oh she's being very dramatic like 
me thinking about complaining about my mom, I've never said that. But a lot of times it's like, of course your parents are getting your nerves. Our parents are getting ours too. We're all teenagers, right? And while she was at school during the 2001-2002 school year, and at this time she's going to Westfield High School in Texas, right? Um, Lori is pouring her heart out to her boyfriend at the time, his uh, this is boyfriend number one, Tristan Anderson. And he's like, oh, yeah, Shadi, I feel you. Like, damn, that really fucking sucks. You know, you know, trying to be a good high school boyfriend. And then she's like, I want him dead. Will you kill my dad? And he's like, you want me to do I can't what? imagine somebody in high school asking me to kill, let alone kill their parent. Right. He's like, you want me to do what? And she's like, yeah, I want you, can you, can you kill my dad for me? And he's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm and not that killing your daddy. And that was the right fucking answer. Right. And she asked him again. She doesn't ask just one time. She asked him again. And again, he says, no, I'm not going to kill your daddy. And since he wouldn't help her, she's like, well, fuck you then, nigga. Broke up with him. And went on about her business. Around the spring semester of 2002, so she's like about 16 now, so maybe 10th grade. Lori, yes, yeah. Lori starts hanging out with a new guy after school named Kelton Yates. She enjoyed hanging around him and spent a lot of time in his house. She told him and his parents the same story that she told the last nigga. Her father was so strict and so abusive and she couldn't stand him and she wanted him dead. Now, I also cannot imagine telling somebody else's parents. It's like, it's one thing to confide in your nigga. But to go to your Girl. nigga parents and be like, I want my daddy dead, man. It's fucked it's that nigga. Mm. You talking too much. I couldn't say that to any. I'm still friends with some people from high school, and I still talk to some of their parents. And I still couldn't, to this day, imagine telling them, hey, like, I want somebody dead. You my know? Mama. You know? You like, know? crazy. It's giving heavy, crazy vibes. Maybe it's because we weren't abused. Right. Like, strict, yes. Emotional abuse, sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're breaking generational curses here, but I wasn't like abused, abused, you know? Right, right. No, she even said once to his mother that her father, Gary, was worth a lot of money if he was dead. What they say, he worth more dead than alive. Yeah. So fast forward to the summer of 2002, and Lori is still messing around with Kelton, but she also starts dating some other little nigga named Andre Reese, and she's having sex with Andre a lot, you know, just having a good summer with this other nigga. So then she tells Andre that she thinks she was pregnant. She tells him she was pregnant, but then she miscarried due to her father punching her in the stomach. So we're not sure why he punched her in the stomach. Like, was he trying to get rid of this baby or was it just like the regular abuse that was going on around the house, you know? So she tells this to Andre and he's obviously upset, you know? So he's like, no, so then she's like, yeah, you mad? I'm mad, too. We should kill him. Or or you should kill him. And I was about to say, not we should kill him. You should kill him. <laughs> you should kill and, him. Handle mm, that. Mm, that nigga just killed your kid, bro. Handle that. Trying to make it real for him, I guess. So Andre's like, listen, I'm not about to kill your daddy, girl. So No. <laughs> Lori is like, fuck you, nigga. We're done. If you can't care for me and protect for me the way I need you to care for me and protect me, then we done. He don't know. She just saved his life. Right. So she <laughs> told him to kick rocks barefoot without even a sock. Next thing you know, she meets herself a new friend. And this name is Arturo Chiro 
Valerio. Not Churro. Cheerio. This man's name is Arturo Valerio. Sorry, I don't have an accent. Same story. She tells him how her father is so abusive. She tells him how she wants him dead. She and this. <laughs> you really about to get me on this thing? Cause you said Valor like it's an L and it's yeah. Vil Vil Villarreal. You're trying to do L's. It's Villa. Villarreal. Villarreal. It's not L's. Yellow. It works. Villarreal. Villarreal. <sighs> even if you don't roll the R's, the double L is a is a Y. Villa. Not you're trying to do Villa. First of all, Yana said you have the worst Spanish in the world. So am, should I be taking notes from you? It's just because I'm country and they say I talk like a white man. My mama says this is my accent. Hola, como estas? <laughs> Back to the story because I'm definitely putting that this entire conversation on the air. <laughs> she tells him the same story. My dad's abusive. I want him dead. He is so mean to me. All of these things. And this time they actually come up with a little bit of a plan. So I don't know if he maybe appeased her at first or what and she's like okay so look this is what's gonna happen I'm gonna leave either the key or the garage door opener in the mailbox and so when you come when you come to the house it'll be in the mailbox right and in the morning I'm gonna go to summer school because I have my summer school classes and my mom takes me to the summer school classes so my dad will be at home by himself it's the perfect time for you to go in there for you to kill him and she's like, oh, and then you can just, like, mess up the house, make it look like a robbery or whatever, and take whatever you want as payment. Like, I got money, and we got we live in, like, a gated house. Take whatever you want. And it's the plan is kind of in motion that she wants it to look like a robbery gone wrong type of deal. And so after a while, Arturo's like, um, what we're not going to do, what I'm not going to do is kill your daddy. I'm not about to mess up my life by killing your daddy. And I, I, once again, I thought you were being dramatic and you kind of actually making this real and I'm not going to kill your daddy. Another nigga with sense. Another nigga with sense. Okay. So the next thing you know, Lori and Kelvin Yates find their way back in contact with one another. Okay. So like I say back in contact, I don't know if they was taking a break for the summer or if she was just out here with everybody just, you know, doing what she wanted to do, but they, they back on strong right now. Kelton. He has this friend named Keondrick Smith. Lori's still telling everyone who would listen about her father and how she wanted him dead. She tells Kelton and Keondrick, look, when he's dead, his life insurance policy will come to us and I will pay you $5,000 once it's paid out. And they like, $5,000? Super bit. $5,000 seems like a lot of money when you're young. You know, Let you me tell you seen- this. It's also $5,000 to split between two niggas. No, neither one of them thought that. Listen, listen. $5,000 is a lot of money when you're young. You ever seen that tweet and they said a $20 bill is an adult $1 bill? <laughs> you know, you as a kid, you'd be so happy to get that dollar. A $20 is an adult $1 bill. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And and I could possibly see myself at 16, 17 being like, yeah, five, that five grand, I do whatever. But I mean, maybe not kill. Actually, right. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. It wouldn't be killing, but like, just be like, yeah, I got that money, and think that you're doing something. But twenty five hundred dollars each, it's even worse. It's not even three grand. No, it's not. We, you know, we usually used to think like twenty five hundred was gonna get us somewhere. Like, 
these kids are not understanding the value of money. So he offers Yeah, him- and I mean, like, I really didn't understand the value of money at that time. I think I didn't start understanding the value of money until I was in college and really broke. I have always understood money. I used to, I have been selling shit since elementary school. I used to sell little 10-cent folders. Then I moved up to selling candy bars and shit on the bus. I've been always making money, always sitting here hustling, trying to get this shit. So the money is, she offers him the money on July 26, 2002. They agree, but the crime is not happening yet, right? However, Lori and Kelton, they're getting closer than ever, you know. Because now you love me enough to kill my daddy. I ain't found a nigga like you yet. You different from the rest, you know. So, <laughs> so on August 3rd, 2002, I guess Kelton's mom was like, this little girl spending way too much time at my house. And I know what y'all been doing. And... I bet she pregnant with my grandchild right now. Because you dumb little kids not wrapping it up like you're supposed to. And here's my thing about this accusation. Now, we're not sure how she came to this conclusion. Like, we're not sure if Lori, like, confided in Kelton's mom or if she just made this assumption because she knew what the fuck was going on. Like, the court documents kind of don't make it clear. Most of the story is from, like, court appeal documents so somehow she got to this conclusion and Kelton's mom so her name is Burrell and Burrell calls Lori's parents and is like yeah so y'all and us both of our families we need to sit down and we need to have a chat because um in a second we might all be a family for real so the family sit down on August 3rd 2002 and They talk about this pregnancy that may or may not be there. And Lori's father made it very clear that if she is pregnant, she will be getting abortion. No ifs, no ands, no buts, no pass and go, no collecting $200. If his daughter's pregnant, she's getting abortion, and that's it. Um, Everybody on on Lori's... Right. Lori's family was like, there it is. And, of course, Kelton is like, hold on now. If it's my baby, like... I'm going to take care of it. Like, I don't want her to have an abortion. Like, I want I want to have the baby if she's pregnant. Like, and Lori is like, of course I want the baby. Like, I'm just saying, baby, I, I can make this responsibility. Like, if we're having this baby, I want to take care of it. And Lori's daddy is like, no. And the answer is no. The answer is actually hell no. So reports say that this exchange between the families became really heated, especially between Kelton and Lori's dad. Like, they started raising their voices i don't i don't think anybody like actually put their hands on somebody but you know it was a very heated exchange between the two screaming and yelling back and forth and so after the arguing died down they were like okay let this little girl take a pregnancy test don't know why that wasn't the first step but like before we even get into an argument bitch you gonna have to prove to me that you pregnant first because we're jumping before we even right we're we're really y'all i've had never mind and then they'd be like i'm scared to take a test nigga how long are you going to sit scared? It's one way to find out. Like, I've, I've taken three COVID tests this, since I've been here. I think I, I'm scared to take COVID tests, but guess what? Need to figure out I'm negative. I okay? got to figure this shit out. Okay, so they go get the pregnant. Well, they have the pregnancy test. She goes to the restroom, takes it, and the families basically are sitting in the living room waiting on the results. Okay, so the pregnancy test comes back negative. There's no baby. Y'all wasted a whole lot of time and energy on nothing. The parents were like, look. We need to watch these two a little bit more closely because they don't need to be hanging out unless they 100% supervised by one of us. 
It's a little late, bro. So, now remember, the plan was for Lori to leave a key or the garage door opener in a place where he, he could find it. While Lori and her mother were out of the house, he would sneak in, kill her dad, and stage the place to look like a robbery. But I guess Lori was like, nah, this has to happen now. So she changes the plans and she sets a new plan up in motion. So it's August 4th, 2002, a Saturday. This is one day after the family sat down. And Lori tells her parents that she's lost her key to the house. That was the one thing that pissed my mom off the most when I used to lose my house key. Because when I tell you I lost it all the time, I can't keep up with shit. If Y'all don't know me like that, but I can't keep up she with shit. She can't keep up with shit. Right, wear your glasses. <laughs> I- I do not know. Um, so not shit. <laughs> so I used to climb this tree next to my house and wait for my mom to come home from work because I just could not keep up with my key. And she would be so fucking pissed. She'd be like, "What if somebody steals it and comes in this house and kills us all?" They be saying that, but like the person who probably finds it does not know where it goes. It's not like my address is printed on the key. It's not like they're going to walk around the neighborhoods and try to key in every fucking lock. Parents just don't understand. Jesus. So yeah, so she loses her key and her folks are like, okay, whatever. The next day, Sunday, August 5th, Lori calls Kelton and she was like, fuck the Monday morning when I go to school plan. This has to get done tonight. She tells him the house key is in your closet at home. Wow. So she snuck in there like a stealth ninja and planted the key into his closet. Not just under his mat outside the house, but got into his house, into his room, into his closet and hit the key. Yes. So she basically, I think she did it before they sat down and had the family meetings. So she She did that when she was at his house before his mama was like, we need to all have a sit down family meeting. She planned this. Let's keep going. Yeah, she was on it. She was on it, on it. So now it's a little after 1 a.m. and Kelton and Keandrix, they have the key to the house. And Kelton parks his car three houses down so that it won't be recognized. This nigga think he's smart. <laughs> Bro, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know that you live on a hill, y'all. But I know that somebody in this listening to this podcast will feel me. In high school, the person I was dating in high school had a red Camaro. And my mom hated that person. And I used to be like, please park away from my house when I'm trying to sneak you in or sneak you out because my mom is going to know who you are. They, your parents be knowing who your folks, your friends are. Okay. Somebody's and they know tell exactly, they know exactly who they don't want you hanging out with. Because like how your house was or how your house is like you, you live on a hill. You're going to see it. Okay. So they have like a burglary gate and Kelton unlocks the gate with Lori's key and Keondrix rings the doorbell. So since it's late, Lori's father climbs out the bed to see who could possibly be ringing his fucking doorbell at this time of night. <laughs> who the fuck is this paging me at 5.46 in the morning? Crack a dawn in, now I'm yawning. Okay, so he opens the door and Kelton then stabs Lori's father three times with a hunting knife and runs off. So Lori's mother, Wanda, actually also heard the doorbell ring. So she gets up and she looks out the window and she sees Kelton ass outside. And she said, what the hell is this nigga doing here at this time of night? So she started to put her clothes on while Gary was headed downstairs. So by the time she makes it downstairs, Gary is sitting outside bleeding and they are watching the boys run away. So then Wanda's like, oh my God, what happened? And Gary's like, Kelton, Kelton stabbed me. When Lori, who was in the house at the time, came down and saw her father covered in blood, reports say that she was unemotional she didn't ride with her mother to the hospital um 
she kind of was just like stone faced. And once again, I mean, we know all the time, every po- true crime podcast that you listen to says this. You don't know how you're going to react in a time of tragedy. But but also for her, it's been fucked that nigga. So what does she care? Right. So, but you know, the media and reports are really going to take that into consideration. So will the police. Um, so her father passed away from one of the stab wounds, piercing his heart, and Kelton was quickly arrested, charged, and found guilty of murder, and he was sentenced to 60 years in prison in 2003. So, was it worth it? Would you do it again? Sounds like a no to me, bro. Sounds like you made the wrong decision. I mean, boyfriends one through four all said. So anyways... <laughs> Boom. Somebody's found guilty. You would think that the case is closed. Nothing happened to Lori. Actually, all of you are wrong. So in 2005, someone calls in to the police with an anonymous tip and tells the police, I bet it was Kelton. So why the fuck am I the only one in here? <laughs> Damn, nigga, let me say the lie. Listen, listen. The way it would have been me. Listen, why has it got to be me? This is your whole bright idea anyways. So anyways, this anonymous tip goes into the police and says they know of Lori's little $5,000 promise to the boys, which implicates her for capital murder. So, boom, they arrest her and her trial begins. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. Okay, so while on trial, all of her ex-lovers testified that she had asked them about murdering her dad, which they smart asses declined to do. They started telling the details of the plan she laid out, you know, if they ever got that far in the conversation. Because, you know, some of them niggas wasn't even entertaining it. Really, just Arturo, right? So, Arturo says the same thing that Kelvin said. That she was like, look, he's got a life insurance. And, you know, your girl is going to take care of you. want a sober, baby. So... Then Kelton's mom takes a stand, and she was like, that girl openly talked about wanting to kill her dad and wanting him gone. She said to me once that he was worth more dead than alive. So Kelton's mama told Kelton to snitch on that girl. I bet it was Kelton's mama you think that so? told. I think Kelton told his mama what the tea was, and Kelton's mama was pissed. Maybe she sent him the money. Maybe the money ran out. These are all conspiracy theories. Nothing I'm saying right now is backed up in fact. But maybe... She, he never got the money or the money ran out. And his mom was like, you know what? Let that let the little girl rot too. I doubt her mama just gave her at 16 years old any money that she was entitled to. Like, it might be a, okay, girl, I'll take you shopping. But I'm not handing you thousands of dollars at 16 because you're 16 and dumb and don't know what to do with money and don't understand the value of it, you know? And we'll give $5,000 to her. To a, to a nigga to kill your daddy. A, yeah. Which then voids kid. out the life insurance, but your little dumb ass don't know that. Because you don't know anything. So, yeah, she was just like, she she's sitting here talking openly about wanting her daddy gone, and that's in front of me. Like, I'm an adult. I'm, I ain't one of her little friends. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's further emphasizing the point that Lori ain't had no chill. Like, so on top of that, Lori's sister took the stand. So Lori was talking to her sister, Atea Shelley. Lori, okay, so Lori was telling her sister, Atea Shelley, that she was going to get somebody to kill their daddy. And of course, her sister didn't think she was serious, but here we are. And of course, there were phone records and plenty of them. And the phone record timestamps show that she was involved in the commission of events. Okay, so here we go. 
Put your listening ears on, everybody. The 911 call from Lori's parents was placed at 1.57 in the morning, right? I'm not sure if it was the house phone or the cell phone, but the call was placed at 1.57 in the morning. So at that time, Lori was on her cell phone because she called um, Keondrick's phone at 1.56 in the morning and also called his phone again at 2.09 in the morning. Now, the records also show that Lori called Kelton a whole bunch of times before the crime took place. She called his phone five times between the hours of 9.13 p.m. and 12.34 a.m. And then called four times between the hours of 2.32 a.m. and 4.42 a.m. So she was calling him before and after. Uh, Court records also state, quote, the call records are strong circumstantial evidence that tends to connect Lori to the offense because it shows that Lori was in direct communication with the actors immediately before and after the commissions of the crime. I love how in the court court documents they said that they were actors in the crime. Um, That entertained me personally. It didn't entertain you because it went in well with our stories and our players? (laughs) That too, which is all me personally. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the players is, is is my ode to the theater. Yes. Anyways, another big piece of evidence was the key. So remember, she told her parents she lost a key. Well, neither of her parents were home when she, quote unquote, realized that she lost her key. So she had to call her parents who were out golfing with friends to come home from golfing to let her into the house because she lost her key. When the boys used the key to get into the burglary gate, they broke the key off in the gate. And so the key was still left in the lock. And so they were able to determine that the key that was in the lock is Lori's actual key. Original key. Yes. Dummies. Okay, the defense is arguing that it's crazy to charge her with capital murder because she was in her room the entire time the crime took place. She didn't touch the weapon. And Kelton was pissed the day before about the whole baby situation, you know? Kelton was acting on his own accord. Kelton could have stolen her key from her, right? Like, that doesn't necessarily mean she's in it. They argued that the evidence was circumstantial and that he could and did commit this crime without her coaxing. The jury was not feeling it at all, probably because you have six niggas telling you the same thing. On the final day of the trial... Lori wore pastel pink heels with matching bows on her arms and a pink purse to boot. I was going to say, is she trying to dress like a baby doll? She's trying to remind the jury that she's young. And that she was is young. a child. Like, even remember, crime. Mm-hmm. yeah, you have to remind the jury that, like, yes, I'm older, but this crime happened when I was a child. So you're trying to make yourself look younger. Yeah, but you're trying to make yourself look like a kid, and you are very much a teenager, like, well into that shit. You can take all the bows and shit off, like, I guess. It's strategy, right? (sighs) So, the jury wasn't buying it either. They was like, girl, you got to go. Did not convict her of capital murder, but they did convict her of a lesser murder crime. Of the lesser crime of murder. She was sentenced to 60 years, and her projected release date is May 18, 2065. That sounds like the future, like... (laughs) <laughs> like right like TV. there's gonna be hover cars then? yes there might be shit but right now 
she is actually working on an appeal to overturn her murder charge. And the person that is spearheading that is her mom. Her mom has a petition on change.com and is basically like, listen, my doctor, my daughter was falsely convicted of murder. She was in her bedroom at the time of the crime. So there's absolutely no way that she could have gotten that she could have murdered him or had anything to do with it. She also says something that is very interesting in this uh, petition on change.com. Apparently, according to this mama document that I'm reading, so this prosecutor, DA, person that gets people on crime, his name is Mike Trent, right? And he got a a conviction against Lori because allegedly, according to Mama, when Kelton was on the stand, he didn't say. He was asked five times if Lori asked him to kill her, her dad, and he said no. And then they took a recess, and I guess somebody talked to Kelton, and then when they came back, Kelton said, yeah, she told me to kill her daddy. So she's saying that's some type of conspiracy or some shit. Mm-hmm. So mama is trying to say that this is a whole big conspiracy and sh- there is absolutely no way that this could have happened. And apparently the co-defendant um, recanted his story. This is all according to mama. I have not seen this in a court document. This is all on change.com written by Lori's mama. Apparently he recanted his statement that said that, uh, Lori asked him to kill kill her. I mean, asked him to kill his daddy, her daddy, whatever. And they still haven't been able to exonerate. And apparently, this uh, prosecuting district attorney, Mike Trent, is really corrupt. And there's a whole bunch of articles about, about how there's a whole bunch of misconduct with him in particular in Harris County in Texas, which I'm also not surprised about because Texas is kind of a shitty state and racist and... So now that is why the appeal is in because mama's like, there's no way. But my thing is like, there's, there's phone records, the key there's, there's no, she may not be physically there. So maybe murder isn't what she should get, but sis playing this out. She's clearly a manipulator. She clearly needs some serious psychological help. I think she would have been fine at conspiracy to commit murder conspiracy to commit murder and that's that's definitely a lesser sentence so maybe that's what they are hoping to get and oh oh, sure we're doing parole no parole early but sure all right that's it all right y'all it's time for well i'm not black i'm oj i ain't do it if you're listening to this you probably already know what i'm about to say that today is the day for you to start your podcast you have everything that you need your computer a little microphone and spotify for podcasters it is the all-in-one platform where you can host edit and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere where you're listening right now you can have your podcast there i promise for real and it's free and you can make some money off of your podcast for free free money Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Streaming October 6th on Paramount Plus. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land would come back. There's something else. Something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead. Is better. Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines, Rated R, streaming only on Paramount Plus. But if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. Do you have something? Okay, let me think. I didn't do it. But 
If I did. <laughs> Here's the thing. She was asking any old niggas, right? You've got to lock them down first before you ask somebody this, you know? I'm dead. Listen, how you have three different niggas in the same year, they don't love you enough. You've, you've got to put some time and commitment in that. They got to be willing to do anything for you, you know what I mean? The only person who she said was like yes trying was to be the a baby Josephine. If, if you guys haven't listened to our Josephine episode, just go back and listen to it as soon as this is over. She's like a baby Josephine, but Josephine had that like seasoned, knew how to really reel a man in to get exactly. him to do whatever for you. She she knew what she was doing, okay? And this girl, she could hook him, but she couldn't hold him. She couldn't get him off the line, you know? She 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 needed to get more commitment out of these guys before she pressed that issue. Because think, Kelton's the one who she was with the longest, right? She has the most time with Kelton. That was boyfriend number. Right. He, was, he came around the block twice, right? And that was the only one who said yes. But she played that pregnancy story twice. So I'm I'm now I'm questioning, did she even... Was she, was she pregnant? actually pregnant or was that always just a, especially the first one, like, hey, I was pregnant, but my daddy, put, but my daddy punched me in the stomach. Like, that's manipulation, especially if that was an untruth. Yeah. Trying to manipulate somebody with those type of feelings, you know what I'm saying? Because that's that's how they, they're using it against them, talking about you was mad about the baby and killed him, even if he was killing for you. Right. Like, either way, right. it was a setup for him. I do it, but if I did, I agree with you, friend. You got to be careful with who you do. I, I just would have, I think she should have waited if she was going to try to get away with it. She did a really bad job. She let her emotions get ahead of her and had that plan take place at night while she was home. Yeah, and also let her emotions deviating get ahead of her. from the plan is almost never a good idea. Never. Like, and I, I, she let her emotions get away with her. And she knew that his emotions were on high. And, you know, if somebody goes home and, and rest on it for too long, they're going to be like, all right, it's not worth it. And like, you can't make these decisions. I think that it was extreme. Yeah, I think that she was being extremely emotionally abusive to Kelton. And he he got strung in her web. And but while your mama's home, your mama saw him. You didn't teach that. As many times as he's probably been at your house, you didn't teach him how to unlock the gate without breaking it. I actually think Keondrix is the one that broke the gate. That shit would have just fucking blew me. Mm-hmm. Because now you know you're going to get caught. It, it doesn't say what her key is, but what if her key was like a pink key or something? You know? Girl, stupid. Um, But yeah, I think even if she felt like that wasn't enough time, then she should have pushed it back, right? And giving herself more time to come up with a better plan or talk yourself out of it altogether, right? You at 16. But in, in, two, in two, three years, that's the best plan you can come up with, girl. You don't need to be out here doing nothing. You know, you don't need to, like, you need to be, be sitting the fuck down. you that fucking motivated. Right? right. You'd be out of the house real soon. Mm-hmm. You can make your way. All right, that's the end of our show. Let's get some reviews. All right, so this one is from... Sean up next. Sean up next says, I really like this podcast. I feel like I'm the only guy who listens to this podcast, but I found y'all on Spotify and I was like, they are funny as hell. Keep doing y'all thing. I told my teacher about y'all and she actually likes your podcast. If I get bored in class, I would put you guys on and zone out. Even though I'm 16, I'm still going to listen to y'all curse words and all. Your teacher be letting you listen to us during class. I guess as long as you're getting your work done, it don't matter, right? Listen, if you teachers got a don't. good teacher, some teachers be doing too much, and some people know that other people just have their own way of functioning. Right. I wish my t- well, it probably wouldn't have helped me, but I know a lot of people that, like, they work better listening to things. And if a teacher understands that, that's how you thrive. Somebody that understands your learning style. Shout out to your teacher. Tell her we said what's up. Yeah, hey, teach. 
I'm switching it up this week. I'm pulling one from the inbox. This one says, Hi, my daughter told me about you. She warned me about Potty Mouse, but I listened anyways, and I've been binging. I love you, ladies. Keep up the great work. A bunch of hearts. I'm a true crime lover, but so happy I'm listening to someone who looks like me. Proud of you. Thank you. I love it when people say they're proud of me. I love that y'all are warning people about the potty mouths before they come to the show. Girl, so why my granny, Yana done told my granny about it. And she was like, oh, well, send it to me so I can listen. I was like, uh, well, we're going to have Yana to. Say, why you say Yana told my granny like y'all are not twins? <laughs> <laughs> because if I say Yana told granny, it's like it ain't everybody granny. It's my granny. Oh, but, Okay. She talking about something. Oh, send it to me so I can listen. I was like, uh, I don't know that that's for her ears. Right. You know? I was like, you're going to have to find one where I'm not talking about a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm going to screen these episodes. <laughs> I feel like the, the most, like, acceptable one for the older ears is, like, the Asada Shakur episode. Right. I always, send, I always send that one out to just be like, learn what we're about before you get into us. But here's also what I don't want. I don't want her to like it and go searching for more. Yikes. This is what I do. Don't listen to anything else. Just just tell me you're proud of me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Let's listen to some of your... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. Hi, Maron, Taz. It's Shayla from VA. So, Tina and Shanterica. I ain't do it, but if I did, girl, I would not have gotten into a fight that I wasn't sure if I could win. I also would have told Renee to go home. Girl, bye. I got something to handle. And I would not have turned off the light or throw away the murder weapon in the nearest dumpster. Mm, That girl's crazy. Anyway, keep up the great content, ladies. Thank you. Hi, my name is Selena, and I wanted to do that. I'm not black. I'm OJ on Angela Simpson because she is the one who almost did it. She is the one who almost got away with murder. Um... I didn't do it, but if I did, I would not have robbed that story. Um, That is the reason that she went down. Um, If she didn't rob that story, she would have got away with murder. Um, Because she did the damn thing with that man. She got rid of everything. She cleaned everything. She got rid of all the evidence. Um, That is the only reason that she ended up um, getting caught is because of that, uh, robbing that convenience store. Or I would have robbed the place alone because somebody probably snitched on her. And that's probably why they ended up going down. Either way it goes, she probably still needs to be locked up. But if I was her, that's what I would have done. Hey, my name is Krista. I am Taz's sister and a day one listener. So the case I'm going to talk about is Victoria Jackson. I didn't do it, but if I did it, that's how I would have done it. Um, There are so many fundamental errors here. Number one, dating a bitch ass nigga. Nathaniel is clearly a fucking bitch. My nigga, I am at home not working for a living, like getting to not work because this nigga is paying my fucking bills. Why are you coming in convincing niggas to fuck that up? Are you going to pay my bills? Like, why are we going to rob this nigga for 10 grand when he would like literally just like pay off my, I, I don't understand. So that's number one, fucking up my setup because you a bitch and your ego get in the way. Uh, number two, if we robbing this nigga, why not check his pockets at the house? You got a gun already. Right, the gun is out. 
So why not check his pockets at the house? Why are we going on a field trip to go find more money when this nigga clearly had stacks on him? That was really fucking dumb on his part because just give these niggas the money and move the fuck on. But now we in the car and this is getting prolonged fucking stupid number three is honestly just building on number one of dating a bitch-ass nigga what's this whole thing in the car like you shoot him or i'ma shoot you why why are there so many steps to this process my nigga how about we cut out the middleman and you just shoot him and you know we'll figure out my part later but you know what i'm saying like why am i a part of this why you know that don't really make a lot of sense to me and then lastly victoria says sweetheart what if, if we're robbing this nigga and trying to get more information out of him, why shoot him in the head? If if he's dead, he can't talk no more. Like, shoot this nigga in the leg. Shoot him in, like, his arm. Blow his fucking kneecaps off. Some shit. But now, now he's not talking. Now we got a dead nigga on our hands and we broke and we going to jail. So, yeah, this absolutely would not have been me because, like I said in the beginning, I would have been at home not working for a living. Now, if you want to be featured on this segment of the episode, which will not be happening every week, and you can send in your I'm not black, I'm OJ through our anchor voice memos. If you just can't figure it out, I guess you can email it to us, but please don't be blowing us up like that. If you do want to email us about ad space or anything just to say hi, send case recommendations, tell us how great we are, you can email us at sisterswhokillpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at sisterswhokill, on Instagram at sisterswhokillpod. You can follow us on TikTok at sisterswhokillpodcast and join the discussion group. Make sure you answer all the questions and then at the end of the question, it asks if you read the group rules because if y'all ask about a certain case that Mara has told multiple times that I will not do and it says in the group rules that I am not going to talk about that case they are gonna light your ass up okay and I'm not gonna save you I Listen, promise you I'm gonna look at it and put are. my phone down because hey we got some real ones in the group okay yeah. so if you don't like, come in come told you it, hell at this point they're like I done told you like <laughs> they tired too they said did you not yeah. read the rules when you came in <laughs> like like y'all ain't done a Facebook group before. Anyways, um Y'all be live in that one boy. We got some we ho Tazzy, you got anything else to say? I gotta head back in time. I'm about to head back to you. Hey, you gotta head back to me. Talk to us, we talk back. Bye. I didn't do it, but if I was Laisha Landrum, I would have already had some gloves on. And did a one and done with Emily when she came to the door, rocking it to the door. They knew that she was on her way. They had time to plan. So Alicia should have had some gloves on. Uh, did a one and done, maybe surprise her from behind, go ahead and strangle her. And then had uh, Rocky go get the car to the back. They, they were able to get her body down to the dumpster without anyone seeing. So they could have got her in a car without anyone seeing and then dumped her off in somewhere random.